Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode number 14. This is our last episode in the book of 2 Thessalonians, and I'm calling this the book of 2 Thessalonians in three acts. Actually, it's three chapters because it's a very short book. It's only three chapters. You can read it in less than five minutes totally. And it's such an encouraging book. It's a book where Paul is boasting about the Thessalonians. He's he's encouraging them and he tells these people, I like what you're doing. Keep going, even though, you know, they're definitely not perfect. One of the things he likes about them right off the bat is he says, you're growing. The love that you have is increasing and your faith is growing. So he's seeing a spiritual speed limit that keeps going up and up and up. Now, that doesn't mean there's not trouble. There is persecutions and he notes affliction and having to endure, and and th- there's no sugarcoating the Bible. It is welcome to real life. It's not a book of theory. It has some theology in it, which is, of course, the revelation of God himself. But the revelation of God himself is into a real, real world. And I don't know if your world is like mine, but it is a, it is a world of some pain and misunderstanding and suffering and backsliding and even death. So there is a look towards the future that is complete and just and the character of God is clearly displayed and believers are going to be relieved at that moment in time. Unfortunately, unbelievers, not so much. They are getting what they ask for, which is to be away from the presence of the Lord. That's in chapter 1, verse 9. And then it describes some other natural consequences of of, uh, this rebellion of suffering and being away from the glory and vengeance. So there's this charge at the end of chapter 1 is that though we cannot earn a part of his kingdom, God can make us worthy and we can not earn it, but we can certainly honor the position that he's given us. And what is it that we're worthy of? What is this calling to? Is this calling to ministry? Yes, but that's secondary. The primary calling that's emphasized in the book of 2 Thessalonians is God's calling us to himself. That's chapter one. Okay, chapter two. Chapter two opens with, second act, opens with an alarm that the forever bus has come and I missed it. And the people were shaken. And some of that would be appropriate. If you missed the forever bus, you should be shaken. But the point is, is not that the forever bus came and you missed it. The point is that you misunderstood. In First Thessalonians, he says that there's going to be, you know, actions in the heaven and clouds and people going up and meeting the Lord. It's not going to be something that's secret. Now, it will be a surprise timing-wise, but it's not going to be a secret. So there's a little bit of a, of a remembrance of that. But the second thing is, is you have to give these guys some slack. This book was written on the second missionary journey. And when did the gospel come to the Thessalonians? Guess what? It was on the second missionary journey. So these believers are brand new. At max, they're 18 months old, probably at the time of the writing, you know, maybe a year, maybe less than a year old. And so you have to love their early intent. And their early intent is to be on the bus. 
Now, the fact that they misunderstand it and that there was maybe some confusion is understandable. Then this man is introduced, the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist. Um, and Paul says that, hey, wait, not only is it going to be evident when people start flying up in the air and meeting the Lord in the clouds, something has to happen first, and that is the Antichrist, this man of lawlessness, has to come. And he's going to be impressive. He has an impressive resume, and he's he thinks he's God, and he, people think he's God. But then we find out that the Lord's been restraining him, and the Lord allowed his revelation at the Lord's timing, and only for a t- only for a short time. And then he's going to kill him with the breath of his mouth. So he's going to be no big deal eventually. However, what is emphasized is this agency of the people that follow him, that that they have a choice, that they refuse to love him. That's number one. Number two, they did not believe. And number three, even reveled in it. They took pleasure in their unrighteousness. And then he, Paul and the Timothy and Silas, they turn and they say, they thank you, beloved. And they remember that the Lord has chosen them and called them. That is, they obtained a prize they did not win. They achieved a glory that they did not earn. And they received a relationship that they did not merit. That is being called a part of the family of God, abolishing their orphanhood, orphanesses, I'm making that word up, and giving them the presence and the friendship of God now. And we talked about what was the ultimate source of this power and enjoyment that God gives. And that is our five-point harness of ourselves to establish ourselves firmly and fix ourselves firmly to the comfort of our God. So we talked about the solid joint that we're supposed to have, the strength of attachment that results in us. I used a pilot analogy and strapped the pilot strap in with this five-point harness of flying high and flying hard through all the challenges of life. And then finally, chapter three, he opens with pray that he asks for prayer that the Lord's work may speed ahead and be honored, just like it is in you. Same thing that happened in you. I want to pray for the next Christian community that hasn't been developed yet. Then he prays that they would be delivered from evil and evil men, people without faith. But then he reminds them, don't forget, the Lord is faith. The Lord is steadfast. The Lord is the one that guards us. And he asks that the Lord may direct your hearts and point you towards two things. Number one is the love of God, and number two is the steadfastness. So then he concludes, almost concludes the book with this warning about idleness. That is people who are unwilling to work, problems with their hands, and he lets the result be that they should not eat, that they, uh, he trying to prevent them from becoming busybodies. That is that the problem of their unwilling hands becomes a problem with their tongue. And uh, remember that the word always calls people, when he calls people into relationship with him, he also calls them into fellowship. And he's, with two exceptions, one are people that are sent out, he's not talking about that in this chapter, but the other ones is people that are put out so that they come back to the Lord. And then finally the book closes with this noticing weariness, be curious, give attention to the weariness of others so that people come back, that that they would be restored to fellowship. You gotta love the book of Thessalonians. I'm gonna miss them just like Paul did. And tomorrow, we start in 1 Corinthians. We're we're following a sequential walk through the early church and doing the books of the New Testament as they are written. 
thank you for listening.